college football season ended Monday night with Michigan's 34-13 route of Washington in the national championship game. And that means we've entered a brave new world. The 2024 season is here, and it will bring massive changes. We'll take a look at Michigan's title, Is It Tainted?, and the future of Jim Harbaugh and what the 2024 season will bring. Lots of great stuff, but first we want to say thanks to these sponsors for supporting the Jenny and Barry Show. The Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association, MidFirst Bank, Next Gen Roofing, Two Fellas Movers, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, 988, Oklahoma's Mental Health Lifeline. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. And if you're moving in Oklahoma, let's face it, a box of pizza and a case of beer just don't work like they used to. Nobody wants to help you. But we know two fellows that love moving. At Two Fellows Moving Company, we offer free, no-strings quotes for your move. With more than 20 years' experience, we've pretty much moved it all. Our services don't end up moving either. Need to do some remodeling or spring cleaning? We've got you covered with dumpster rentals and junk call services. Remember, quotes are free and there are no strings attached. If you're moving in Oklahoma, make sure to call the fellas. Visit twofellas.com for your free quote today. Well, Barry, here we sit on Tuesday afternoon, almost 24 hours since Michigan won that national championship, standing atop college football for the first time since 1997 when the Wolverines shared a national title. So how do you feel about the sport's newest champ? A little bit tired. Um, think about this, Jacko. Michigan hadn't really been in the spotlight until the last couple of years. This is a proud program, great tradition, all that, but they haven't been contenders forever, maybe since 06. Haven't won a national title since 97. That was split with Nebraska. Nobody really thinks uh, Nebraska uh, was not as good as that Michigan team in 97. No no uh, United national title since 1948. Th- this would sh- seem to be a good feel-good story. But it's not because of all the Jim Harbaugh drama, particularly the sign-stealing and all the righteous indignation from the Wolverines after winning. I think it's a title that a lot of America would celebrate, but they're just tired of the Wolverines. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. I was thinking last night, there's there's a goofiness. I wasn't just thinking of last night. There's a goofiness about Jim Harbaugh. Let's be honest. The guy is... Uh, you know, he's, he's got some Mike Gundy qualities to him. He's just, he's kind of freewheeling. He says whatever he wants. Quite honestly, he could be a, a fairly popular figure in college football because he is, you know, kind of different than a lot of these, these coaches in college football that are very buttoned up and really uh, a lot of them have become robotic CEOs, if you will, of college football. So I think he could be a pretty popular figure. But after this year, Really going to be hard for anybody to like Jim Harbaugh. I think a lot of people that are even Michigan fans want to see him head out the door, go on his way, do something different. You know, I thought in this four-team playoff that Washington was easily the most lovable of the four teams, the most likely to to make me feel good at the end of the day if they would have won the whole thing. You know, here's Washington. Very much, it feels like very, very much a, a team that they didn't win this year. It might be a while before they contend it again. I don't know. Kalen DeBoer seems like a really good coach, but Penix is gone. You know, who who they have coming in to try to replace him on offense and what they can do next year is a little up in the air. 
Michigan, longer runway. But you, you, you're right. I mean, Michigan being a blue blood coming back, um, they've got some really talented players across the board. But it's really hard to like them and like this this champion after all of the sign stealing, after the NCA infractions, recruiting missteps. So, you know, it feels like it's it's really hard to see that Michigan winning being good for college football, more good for cheaters. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, it smacks quite a bit of the Astros, right? I mean, here we are ever how many years, four years, five years after the what a lot of people consider a tainted World Series. And that's the first thing you think of when you think of the Houston Astros still, even though their roster's turned over quite a bit. And uh, many of the particulars, many of the guilty are gone. It's just a, it's a stigma and a stain that you don't want. Nobody's cheering for Michigan to be branded a, a cheater. It's just, uh, and, and maybe, you know, things happen, things get out of control, but there was no, uh, conciliatory attitude from the Wolverines. They, uh, not, especially not from Jim Harbaugh, not from the players after the game. I just, just came away with a bad taste in my mouth. I don't like, you know, I I don't want to dislike teams that, you know, everybody's got teams they root against, but you know, if Alabama had won the national title, you'd think, well, you know, they deserved it. If Texas wins it, they deserve it. Washington, they deserve it. Michigan wins, they deserve it. But why'd they have to cheat? Yeah. So yeah. honor is in short supply. Michigan seems to have uh, lost uh, its shame. And that's a sad thing. Yeah. And, you know, I think it sort of begs the question, did they have to, did they have to do what no. they've, uh, you know, allegedly <laughs> no. done? Did they, no. I mean, no, they didn't. <laughs> They're so good. They're so good. And we saw that on display in that game last night, Barry. That defense is fantastic. Offensively, you know, they just, if they would have decided to run the ball every play of the second half like they did in that Penn State game, I think they still could have won pretty easily. So it, it feels like a team that didn't need to have the shenanigans. And yet here we sit talking about, you know, tainted uh, championship. And and then they add to it Harbaugh talking about innocence, Barry, Damn. of all the things he could have said after the game. Why did he have to go there? You know, I've, I've listened and read people who know him much better than me, and they really think that there's a psychological situation going on, mm. that he really believes some of the things he says. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's true, but it's... It's possible he's not a pathological liar. It's possible that he believes the things he says. He hmm. believes that the Wolverines are innocent. But, you know, the preponderance of the evidence suggests they're not. And if you remember this sign-stealing thing, is that, that doesn't go back a year or two. That was a recent phenomenon. He was in trouble with NCAA violations when the season began. He got suspended twice for three games this season on completely different issues. He just makes it very hard to to cheer for the victors. Hey, you know, I love, I love Michigan's helmets. I love their fight song. I generally want them to beat Ohio state, which should make me an honorary uh, resident of the state of Michigan. But I just, you know, I go back to the Astros. I just, you know, I just can't, just can't get excited about a Michigan success story. Yeah. Hail to the victors question mark. Feels like that's a a pretty strong sentiment right now. I don't know if anybody really wants to hail to to Michigan right now. Uh, Talking about Jim Harbaugh, interesting situation now develops, Barry, because I think a lot of people 
think he's in line for an NFL job. But our Michigan people who just watched him lead their team to that first national championship in a very long time, ready to say, okay, just thank you, but please go. I mean, is, is that the situation that the weird situation that we now see maybe playing out up in Ann Arbor? I think there was a narrative throughout the year that if Michigan won the title, he'd step away, you know, vindicated, brought back the title he'd, he would, had hoped to bring to his alma mater. But I don't know. I, I tend to think he enjoys being on top and enjoys the, the fruits of victory and enjoys being able to rub it in people's face. You know, we, we let uh, even the dishonorable crow when they, when they win a championship. That's sort of a nature of sports in, in the 21st century. I tend to think he might stay. Now, I could be wrong. I don't have any inside information. But, you know, I don't know if the Chicago Bears want Jim Harbaugh. I don't know if the Los Angeles Chargers want him. I don't know if he wants them. But I tend to think he might say, hey, let's just keep this going. You know, I, I think he get, gets a kick out of beating Ohio State. I think, uh, I think that rocks his world. And I think maybe he's, he's fired up to do it again. Yeah, it's an interesting question because obviously his brother John is a head coach in the NFL, has been for a long time, great success in Baltimore. So, you know, could Jim have similar success in the NFL? It wouldn't be right away, not for um, the teams that we're talking about. Now, I do think the Chargers maybe have a little bit more of a chance to win quicker. They've got Justin uh, Herbert as their quarterback, who's shown he can be a really good NFL quarterback. If the Bears job opens, that's the number one pick. You got to think that Caleb Williams is soon to be a Chicago Bear. I think Caleb Williams could be a transcendent talent, but he hasn't played an NFL snap yet, so we don't know if that's the case. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think the the entry point for Jim Harbaugh, even if it's the best of the teams that have fired coaches, it's probably not a tailor-made winning situation right away. Now, I do think the expanded playoff has shown that teams that maybe are just okay in the NFL can still make the playoffs. Um, they may not make it very far, but they can get in. So maybe that opens the door. I, I tend to think he's not going to be the coach at Michigan when the Wolverines open in 24. It sounds like you're saying he will be. Yeah, I tend to think he might be. Yeah, just watching him talk and celebrate. And, of course, trying to figure out Jim Harbaugh is fool's gold. I got no business doing it, but you asked me, so I'm answering. Um, I just uh, I tend to think he likes this, this exalted status. I don't even think it's ego more than I think he just literally enjoys being a Michigan man who beats Ohio State. Uh, and I think in the end, I think he can keep doing that. Ohio State, great program, but they suddenly have a Michigan problem. So I, I think I'd, you know, you're guessing he's gonna gonna be gone. I'm guessing he's gonna stay. I'm I'm not gonna revel in victory if he does stay. I won't I won't claim that uh, I was uh, had any kind of premonition about it. But just watching him on the field last night, I thought, you know, I tend to think he might just stay. Yeah, and it's interesting to note too. Obviously, you know, something you alluded to earlier. This is gonna be the start 2024 season of sea change in college football. We're moving to that 12 team playoff. So, you know, I, we're going to talk about that here in just a second, you know, what this might've looked like this year, had it been 12 teams, you know, Michigan could 
could ride into the playoff next year again as the number one team, but 12 team playoff may change things. So I don't know if that changes the equation because you're right, Barry. I mean, and Michigan, if you beat Ohio state, you know, winning a, a national championship is obviously a big deal and they want to do that. But truthfully, if he wouldn't have won the championship this year, this winning streak he's got onto with Ohio state more than compensates for not winning a championship. So I think they were building to this, but clearly um, what they've built has given him plenty of equity in terms yeah. of, you know, they don't have to go win it. And here's what, here's what I like about what he's done at Michigan. He has built a, uh, he's built a culture and he's built a football program that s- seems to be aligning with the times. You know, we, we've been a little insulated here in the state of Oklahoma where the Sooners and the Cowboys for so long were known for their fabulous offenses. But the truth is the entirety of college football has swung back the other way. Defense is, uh, has risen up, doing a lot better job of slowing teams down. And even OU and OSU, their offenses are not as good as they used to be. Their defenses are better. I would argue that in the last five years, 19, 20, yeah, five seasons, Oklahoma State has become more of a defensive program than an offensive program. And it looks like Brent Venables is working like a devil to get the Sooners there and may be very close to doing that. And frankly, that's happening everywhere in college football. And we don't see the shootouts we once saw. Alabama's got problems at quarterback. We've seen Georgia dominate. Now, they've been very good on offense, no doubt. But they've also been known for their defense and now here comes Michigan with a great defense and a running game that uh, that supports that defense and physical line of play, uh, line of scrimmage play i just think the way college football seems to be rocking is is a little bit to M- michigan's advantage and i think i think you're seeing other people emulate that uh, including the sooners including the cowboys including uh, lots of teams so uh, I think the college game is sort of made for Jim Harbaugh at this point. Are you ready to pronounce offenses no ru- no longer ruling college football? Have we gotten to that point yet? I don't know if I'm ready to claim that just yet, but I think we have sw- seen a swing in defense. Now, if you talk to Mike Gundy, he would tell you it's just the way it goes. You're always going to have sort of that pendulum swing from one extreme to the other eventually, and this is where we're headed with the defenses sort of getting an upper hand. but. Michigan defense, spectacular, just awesome, really, really good in the semifinals, really, really good in the finals. I mean, we haven't talked about Michael Penix yet. Maybe we should do that right now, but totally discombobulated, Barry, a week after he had perhaps one of the best postseason performances by a quarterback that uh, you can put your finger on, 430 passing yards against Texas, and then he's basically reduced to, you know, injured and hobbled and um, missing open receivers, receivers dropping passes, offensive line in total disarray. I mean, that Michigan defense took Washington to task. They hadn't seen anything like that, Barry. Uh, uh, Jacko, think about this. Literally for a week, everywhere you went where anybody wanted to talk college football, Michael Penix is what people were talking about. And it yeah. wasn't the numbers or the final score. It was just the way he threw the football against Texas. I mean, it was a dart. is on the line. Deep balls right into a uh, a, uh, a fast-running receiver's hands. Uh, slant patterns straight on target in coverage. People just amazed. I go to Life Group. They're saying, 
Could you believe the way that guy throws the ball? Went to Kingfisher, saw some pals yesterday. Could you believe that quarterback? All across America, people were talking about Michael Penix, and he just looked average last night. I mean, Michigan took the life out of him. The receivers were largely covered, and when they did get open, which they did at times, the Michigan pressure uh, really made him uh, misfire. And by the end of the game, when he did have time and did have open receivers, he missed his guys as often as not. It was a remarkable defensive performance. I tip my hat to uh, to Jim Harbaugh's staff. The Wolverines played big-time defense. They won this national title with old-fashioned football on offense and big-time defense. Yeah, you know, I thought um, late in the first half, I even said this last night on our uh, our GameCast. By the way, if, if you didn't catch it, we did a sort of manning s game cast during the game last night. We're we pr- planning on bringing it back for other big games moving forward, probably Thunder. Uh, who knows? Super Bowl, maybe. We'll see. But it was big-time fun. But one of the things I mentioned uh, when I was on in the second half, I thought late in the first half, Washington had a drive. They upped the tempo. They uh, sort of shortened the passing game. It felt like maybe that was the drive that would get Penix going just, you know, sort of finding a rhythm, getting confident built confidence built back up. But, you know, obviously at the end we saw him physically hobbled. I think Barry, what you're talking about, I think a lot of it was the mental, um, you know, sort of issues. And I'm not talking concussion or anything like that. I'm just saying when you've got a defense as good as Michigan's, they can do things, they can throw things at you to really, you know, mess with what you think you're seeing, uh, what you think you should do. And so I think that there was some mental gymnastics that Michael Penix was going through that affected him. And I get it. We've seen what that defense can do. So I understand why he might've been struggling, but um, it, yeah, it was remarkable to see the turnaround of, you know, really going from a guy that I'm, I'm with you, Barry, you know, the question of now, why wasn't that guy, the Heisman trophy winner? I mean, like that was the question of the week. Why wasn't Penix the guy everybody's talking? Penix didn't even win PAC 12 offensive player of the year that went to Bo Nix at Oregon. Are you kidding me? That guy Penix, unbelievable. But the way he was really brought down to earth. Might have been partially him, but I think it was way more the Michigan defense. Yeah, it really might be a sign of the times. I don't know if, again, I don't think I'm ready to say offenses are no longer ruling college football, but definitely seeing defenses, the the, the four strikes back, I think, is uh, definitely happening here with defenses around college football. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad to see it. I didn't, you know, I'm, I enjoy the 59-56 as well as the next guy, but Sometimes I like to see field position. Sometimes I like to see uh, offenses uh, made to really work. Sometimes I like to see drama. So I give uh, I give Michigan a lot of credit. You know, they could have lost Alabama, and um, they they sucked it up at the end, found a way to score late, get the game to overtime, dominated overtime, win the game. They're a legitimate national champion, just not an honorable one, I would say. Yeah. Hey, let's mind meld the uh, 2023 season with the 2024 season here for a second. Let's say hypothetically this year, this 2023 season we just came through was our first with the 12 team playoff, which we're going to get next year instead of the 14 one that we had. Do you think in a 12 team scenario, are Michigan and Washington the final? Does Michigan win it all? How much do you think a 12 team format might have changed what we ultimately saw at the end of this season? I tend to think we'd have still got Washington and Michigan. 
They were one two. They were the one and two seeds in the new format. They would be playing the seven, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten type teams in the quarterfinals, yeah. and those are good teams this year. They would have been the likes of, I don't know who would have had Ole Miss, Penn State, Missouri, that crowd, mm-hmm. um, maybe Ohio State. I mean, we might have had an Ohio State Washington quarterfinal. Now that would have been some good things, and clearly yeah. Ohio State could have beaten Washington. So the the thing to remember about going forward, it's the thing to remember about the current playoff compared to the old days, which is it's much tougher to win a national championship than in years before. You know, yeah. in the Bud Wilkinson days, uh, they were the, the titles were given out before the bowl games, and then uh, in the Switzer days, uh, they were given out with uh, sometimes a national title game in a bowl game, sometimes not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Barry Switzer beat Penn State in 85. That was a legit national title game. He beat Michigan in 75. That was not a title game. Michigan was, I think, sixth ranked. And then we get into the Stoops era, and we had uh, mostly a a one, a a one uh, game playoff, uh, one game playoff, and then or two team playoff. Last 10 years, we've had a four team playoff. We're about to have a 12 team playoff, and it becomes survival of the fittest. It becomes a difficult track to get through. And somebody like a Washington, somebody like a Michigan could stumble. Michigan doesn't, Michigan takes down teams psychologically and physically, but not necessarily on the scoreboard. They don't get up 31 to 6 on you at halftime. So if you hang around a little bit, you got a chance. And maybe an old miss, maybe a Penn State. Well, not Penn State. We saw that play. But, you know, it, it's going to be tougher than ever. And I think. Uh, but I think this year, most likely, we would have had Michigan and Washington. They passed the tests. You know, Washington beating Oregon twice was yeah. a, was a fantastic uh, accomplishment. So I just I, I think going forward, we will have more opportunity at some Cinderellas or some some lower seeds. You know, football and basketball are not the same. They shouldn't be compared. Yeah. However. In in the final four, we see some. It's not always one and two seeds. We see some fours and some fives and some eights. And I don't know that a team, you know, the, an eleven seed in the football can win three straight to reach the title game. But a seven seed could. Ohio State and Oregon. If Oregon was in this field to, this year as a yeah. seven seed, a six seed, whatever, they I think they could have made the title game. That's what's going to make it fun. It's just so many more good games. Look at it this way, Jacko. Ten years, we've had a three-game playoff. Next year, 11 games. It's like the NFL before the NFL playoffs. It's like four years of playoffs right now right. in one year. Exactly right. It's exactly it's great. Right. And I'm not saying all the games are going to be great, but to this point, that's that hasn't kept us from watching. You know, we still, we still are uh, tuning in. I think it's going to be interesting to see if this move towards defense continues you know, um, obviously what we saw last night with Penix reminds me that an off night by a quarterback can really change the tenor of a game. And, you know, a lot of these guys are so good, you forget that occasionally they can have bad games. And so I think in the 12-team playoff, it does open the door to a quarterback being off, um, you know, not having a great game. And then it opens up all kinds of possibilities. Throw it to the other team put it on the ground and things start to go sideways, that can be a difference maker. So I'm, I tend to believe that Michigan makes the final if we're in a 12 team playoff, 
Maybe I'm maybe it's short sightedness, uh, recency biased after what we saw last night. I'm with you, though. I thought Washington coming through the Pac-12, which frankly was as tough a conference this year as pretty much any in the country. I mean, I think the depth of really good teams in the Pac-12 was impressive this year. So the fact that Washington survived that, I think they survived the 12 team playoff, but it's going to be fun to find out. I mean, obviously that expanded playoff isn't the only thing we're going to learn what looks like different changing in 2024 SEC, Big 12, Big 10, ACC will all have a different lineup of teams. Pac-12, we're not sure. They're, they've entered into an alliance with the West uh, uh, Mountain West. Are we going to call it the Power Four? Lots of changes. Is there a change maybe beside the playoff expansion, change that you're most looking forward to, Barry? Um. I am actually looking forward, and I don't like some of the residual effects, but I'm looking forward to all the new faces that the Sooners and Cowboys are going to play, and it's the same for everybody. Um, you know, OU's going to be in a league with, uh, let's see, 12 schools that it's never been in a league with before, plus Missouri, A&M, and Texas. A whole bunch of new blood, Ole Miss, LSU, Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama. Lots of new faces and high-profile faces. Cowboys playing Brigham Young, uh, going to Utah, uh, going back to Boulder, yeah. playing uh, playing uh, uh, West Virginia still, and and I and Kansas State, I guess not the, not the Jayhawks, but anyway, um, just the new blood everybody's yeah. playing. It's going to be exciting. Now, eventually, we'll all look back and lament what we lost in terms of. You know, the Sooners not playing uh, Bedlam or the Sooners not playing Kansas State anymore or Oklahoma State not getting to play Texas anymore, those kinds of things. But I think it be, will be fun in the Big Ten, you know, Washington, Oregon. If anybody needed an infusion of, of new good teams, it's the Big Ten. And the SEC is going to have fun. What I like about the SEC is that East Division's not going get to the, get the easy street anymore. Mm-hmm. Everybody's, everybody's going to play a fairly balanced schedule. So. You know, if Missouri wants to go eleven and two next year, uh, you know they they don't get to feast on a on a uh, long list of of uh, Kentucky and South Carolina and Vanderbilt. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a case of lots of new faces, lots of uh, new blood for everybody's schedule. Yeah, and you know, I think the fact that we're going to have these new conferences playing out at the same time, more teams are in that mix for the playoff is going to make more. Uh, exciting matchups, even, you know, more high stakes because, you know, I think somebody did the math late in this last regular season that, you know, if we had a 12 team playoff, you know, the number of games and the number of teams that would play into, you know, having, having games matter was just like, it had grown outrageously. Just the number of games that we're all going to be watching to see what happens. It's going to be great. Yeah. on, On November 1st, six times as many people as many teams are going to be still in the running for the playoff as were this past November 1st. It's crazy. I don't have any doubts about it. I mean, all kind, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Hey, before we get out of here, any parting words for the 2023 season? Anything to send us out uh, as we say goodbye to, to 2023? Nope. You served us well. The Sooners played a bunch of cool games. Uh, the Texas game is a, is a forever memory for all OU fans. Cowboys had an unbelievable recovery. What a renaissance in the middle of the year. 
winning the, the final bedlam for the foreseeable future, a memory to last a lifetime. And uh, both of them end up with uh, double-digit wins, so good good seasons. And then we get a college football playoff that was excellent. Two epic games in the semifinals, a dud in the championship game. But what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I salute all of the big time performers and performances we got a chance to see this year. Um, obviously, got to see the Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Year and Ollie Gordon emerge. Got to see first team All Big Twelve quarterback and Dylan Gabriel take a big step forward. Uh, just a lot of really good performances. You know, Danny Stutzman, Nick Martin. I mean, we got to see some really big time players and what you said, Barry, about just the arc of these two teams that we get to cover here. Big time fun. I I didn't I I didn't know what 2023 would bring. This was a season that when we started, we weren't quite sure what we were going to get out of the Sooners and the Cowboys, both of them coming off seasons that were definitely steps back, but this was a big time fun season. And uh, obviously heading into 24, we're going to have a lot of fun, a lot to talk about as uh, this new era of college football gets ready to take off. Well, that's all the time we've got this week. Remember, we will keep covering college football because it never sleeps, even though we're going into the off season. Barry and I and our sellout crowd team will continue to cover the Sooners, the Cowboys, even uh, more throughout the off season. So you can find our content at selloutcrowd.com as well as barrytrammell.com and jenny-carlson.com. And if you want our content at your fingertips, we've got you covered. We have a new app. It's available for iPhone and Android, and you can download it today. This happens to be your first time hearing or watching us here on The Jenny and Barry Show. Be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>